I'm Sarah. And I'm Meg. And this is the 7 Hours Difference podcast where we discuss our friendships, differences in opinions, and life in general. But first, before we get into the podcast today, uh, we are going to provide you with a little life update from each of us. Sarah, would you like to get that started? Sure. Um, I just want to preface really quick by saying, sorry, I can't say differences. That's just (laughs) really hard for some reason You just mess up the beginning of our podcast every time. (laughs) I, I know. It's just really rough. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) um, Yeah, my life update this week, I think, is I want to talk about journaling. Um, Since the new year started, so 17 days ago, um, at least currently, um, I've been journaling. uh, And actually, I kind of fell off the wagon, so I've been journaled for like six days. Um, But when I was doing it, it was awesome and it made me feel really good and I have been thinking about it for the last like three days thinking about how I really want to make time for it I've just had a really busy weekend um but like I just I just want to like recommend it to everybody because it's really made a big difference in just how I feel like I we've talked about it in other podcasts about like how we struggle with some you know mental issues mental health issues not mental issues but mental health issues and (laughs) sorry (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just knocked my microphone too. I'm on a roll. Um, but you know, and I, I'm got to tell you straight up, I don't feel the need to call my doctor and talk about medication right now. I feel really good. I'm supposed to be on a medication. I'm not on it because, well, I suck. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like, I feel really good. I feel better than I felt in so long. And I know that it's not just the journaling, but I know that that really helps me release and I think that's why I've been thinking about it because I'm ready for a release you know and I don't know it's just been really good I might have already talked about it on the podcast but I just really want to highly encourage anybody and you too Meg to just spend some time with a pen and some paper because it is so good so good so yeah I think probably journalism journaling you caught it (laughs) sorry probably a healthy way to express your emotions i would Mm -hmm. say like if you are not looking for confrontation um then you can kind of just put it all into your writing absolutely i hadn't thought about it like that you know but like i'm guilty of bottling you especially are guilty of bottling and like when you can't express it to somebody especially like if i don't know if like your if you person that you always, yeah, maybe the person you always go to just couldn't possibly understand or maybe you're upset with them and you need to release, like, going to the paper, <laughs> you can get it all out and you can say it however you need to say it and it doesn't yeah. ever have to be and anybody else. it can also help because if you have a problem with someone, you should always go to them and talk to talk to them about it, you know, because it also helps them of get course. better as a person. But you have to But process. if you write it down first, then it helps mm-hmm. you get over that, like, emotional barrier of like initial, I don't know if I talk to them yeah the initial yeah. shock of that emotion totally so mm-hmm. you'd be proud of me because I have written in my journal the past <gasps> two nights oh my god it hasn't really been like anything like that but it has been just kind of like what I've done in my days so that's what I was doing at first too <laughs> and then I like t- started tackling some subjects that were important in my life like jealousy and things like that and I'm not going into like detail but like just writing down what you did for the day like it's 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 a release, uh, even if it's a positive release, um, and it helps you remember later. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, tell me. Okay, y'all, wait till you hear this. Meg, <laughs> Sarah tell us. Sarah knows my life update. 
what's going on (laughs) okay so right now as we're recording this by the time this podcast goes up i'll be back in kentucky but right now as we're recording this i am in south dakota yay hey (laughs) i kind of spontaneously came to uh rapid city which is uh, right by mount rushmore and also the badlands (laughs) (laughs) um so i really just kind of wanted to see like a national monument like something i'd never seen before And I was like, hey, Mount Rushmore, I can do a long weekend trip. And so I came to Mount Rushmore. um, And then I drove through the Badlands today. And it is incredible. Like, I haven't shown you pictures yet, Sarah. But, like, I can't wait. blew my mind, like, the Badlands. Um, And, you know, Mount Rushmore is amazing. It blew my mind, too. But, like, I would drive through the Badlands versus Mount Rushmore again. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah. Mount Rushmore is located in... um, black hills uh or black hills national forest which is beautiful but the badlands is kind of like a prairie like cliffy it looks like a desert area but it's all like prairie and like fields on the outskirts of it but it's it's like when i drove into it it's like i was driving onto another planet like it was so crazy oh wow (laughs) yeah but it sounds amazing yeah. I, I just got to say, I think that you are such a badass. Like, you just had a long weekend, and you were like, well, I'm going to go do something fun. I'm going to take myself on a trip, and I just think that's so cool. So well, and there's, let's be more like um, Meg, everybody. <laughs> well, I recommend for people who are worried about COVID, like, I'm kind of in a, in a unique scenario where, like, I don't have to go outside of my house to work. Um, I don't even really have to go grocery shopping that often because um, I kind of buy in bulk, and I could probably survive out of my kitchen for, like, probably a whole month if I really had to. But um, like, so I can kind of go on road trips more often. Like I don't live with any at risk people. I, so I I kind of recognize that I'm in a unique scenario, but I feel like you're also being safe though. Yeah. I, I, I was going to definitely recommend like people go to national parks for your vacations this year because you can stay six feet away from other people easily. Um, Like so easy. And then if you have to use the, like the toilets there, just like bring some sanitizing wipes and just like wipe it down and it's not going to be that expensive. And yeah, it's like the best way to travel, I think during COVID. So, you know what? You got to love a good road trip. Yeah. (laughs) I will say Meg is an excellent road trip partner. Um, I might not be, but (laughs) Meg is excellent. We drove to Georgia together and it was awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, I certainly enjoyed it because Meg uh, drove the whole way there and the whole way back. <laughs> yeah, I like driving, so. Uh, you know what? At first, I felt bad. Like, I felt like maybe you didn't want me to drive your car, which would be fair. Or like, <laughs> you know, it could have been any of those. Re- I, I don't know. Like, maybe you felt like I wasn't a good driver. But then as I went along, I was like, you know what? She's saying she likes it. I trust her. Yeah. This is great because I don't want to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind driving, but. I don't want to. I don't have like a desire to. So then I like was once I realized that that was just the plan in place, I rolled with it and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do want to say like Mount Rushmore is composed of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. Okay, yeah. Uh, because I did not know all four of them before I went. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who those guys. I are didn't realize there. Lincoln was on Mount Rushmore. That's awesome. Yeah, I knew Lincoln. it was George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, but I didn't know who the other two guys were. But now I do. Okay. Um, and I have a quiz question for you. Oh no! There is another thing I went to see, um, in 
the Black Hills National Forest. It's another face carved into a mountain. Do you know that face? Another face carved into a mountain. The lesser known face. (laughs) And it's not by them. It's like in a whole other mountain. But is this the one that my roommate was talking about the other day? I don't know. I don't think so. So Is it? Are you talking about Andrew Jackson? Yeah. Was it Jackson? No, Jackson was not related to this at all. Dang. Um, Is it Betty White? (laughs) Hey, did you know it's Betty White's birthday today? Yeah. Yeah, Happy birthday, Betty White. (laughs) I know. She's amazing. Okay. You're an angel. Okay. So the, uh, the guy who has his own mountain, his face is actually still under construction, but the majority is up there. Wait, is is he a dead person? Yes. Who? Crazy Horse. He's a Native American Indian. That's awesome. Yes, he was like, he was like a great leader um, and like a great warrior. But like, I think they chose him to be like carved up there because they want to capture his spirit. Like the spirit of the, of his. Oh, I chills. Yeah, it's it's great. I got a picture of it. We unfortunately, like there was like a bus ride where you could go closer, but I didn't really feel like I needed to do that. Um, But I, I gotta say, like the Crazy Horse Welcome Center is like a hundred times better than the <laughs> the Mount Rushmore Welcome Center because it's think so beautiful in there. That is awesome because I feel like yeah. there just isn't a whole lot of Native American representation. So that's well, not really, in our areas, that's for sure. But that's th- there absolutely is sure, a lot more in the north. I would say. Wow, that is but. so cool. I love. That. Now I want to see it even more. Like, I wanted to go to Mount Rushmore. For the record, listeners, Meg invited me to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I couldn't because I had... It was kind of last things. minute. Yeah, but I would I would love to go. And if you ever want to go again, please let me know because... Yeah, I, I definitely want to come absolutely here. go. And I want to, like, drive through the Badlands and do all I will say that South Dakota, this area in South Dakota at least, is, like, the most beautiful thing I've seen since being in Alaska. So... Oh, wow. Yes. That's a high compliment. <laughs> like second place to AK? Second wow. place to AK, yeah. Wow. Okay, South Dakota. It's also the most like AK that I've ever, ever experienced. Like, I know um, we, me and Sarah were talking about this before, and I know we're kind of spending a lot of time on the intro, but <laughs> me it's and okay. Sarah were talking about this. But, um, like, whenever I, like, got to Rapid City and I drove up and, like, I saw the mountains in the distance, I was like – this is where I'm supposed to be. And like, not even necessarily rapid city, but just like in, in a place the where there's mountains near in the, the distance. <laughs> yeah. Like that is my happy place. And I know Sarah said that like, whenever we got to Georgia and she saw the ocean and like the palm trees, she was like, this is my place. <laughs> it's like, it's not even just like being, just being near the palm trees or like, I don't yeah. know. It was just like, just the feeling of Georgia in general. Like even when we were near yeah. Atlanta, I'm not a city person. Like anybody who knows me knows that. <laughs> But just being in Georgia just felt like home. And I don't know if it's because I've hyped it up, you know, well, you know, honestly, ever since I went. Honestly, usually hype things up, like, you are disappointed. But, like, you were, like, happy to be there the whole time. I was like, giddy as frick. It was, like, like fulfilling <laughs> your expectations. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, that that really does feel like home to me. Um, and you know, a lot of uh, the southern states do feel like home to me as well. Like, I, I really enjoy it. But Georgia's, like home and I was just really excited that you were feeling maybe not exactly like home (laughs) but like you were finding like comfort in being in a place that brought you that home feeling yeah I don't know it's like anywhere there's mountains for me like because that's just feels like it gives me this feeling you know 
There's wow. options. <laughs> There's options in the lower 48. <laughs> <laughs> there are, yeah. It's kind of, it, it made me feel sad though because like it proves that like in the future you and I aren't going to be neighbors. <laughs> we're probably not going to live next to one another. When uh, we're in yeah. happy places. No, after vacation, uh, I realized that that was never going to be true. <laughs> um, it, it is kind of sad. sad because like there, I guess there was probably always this like little part in her head that was like, we'll be, and we'll be we'll roommates be one day, maybe, but we Which could happen I, still, but I could just, I could just live where you live and then I just make you suffer, um, every <laughs> summer with a trip to Georgia. I don't know. I think I don't want to deprive you of your dream of living in Georgia. Cause I know you want to. Well, then you better be rich so you can make <laughs> travel to me and well, pick me up. that's what I'm hoping. Me. I'm hoping, like, <laughs> we both get to the position in our professions where we can, like, afford to fly, like, a few times a year back and forth to each other. <laughs> yeah. We just need that. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. We're what's be what's the drive now? between Georgia and, I don't know, just say Rapid City and Tybee Island? Just, um, just throwing it out well, there Tybee Island was 10 hours from my house and Rapid City is 17 hours from my house so it'd probably be about 27 to 30 hours <laughs> so it definitely have to be like a two-day I guess it would excursion. just be a flight experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> we just fly uh, I don't want to drive that but Woo! anyway so let's move on from that everybody if you go see Mount Rushmore you have to see the the carving of crazy course which is still under construction but yeah, that's all. I, that's all I got to say. Listeners, go be spontaneous and follow your heart and just live life. Do it. Yep. Do it. Do it. All right. It's let's amazing. get on to our main topic. Let's um, do we it. We only have like a specific topic, Wait. but we are going to do several debates. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Before you get there, okay. just a reminder for our listeners: we're the Seven oh, Hours Difference podcast, <laughs> and um, the reason we're named the Seven Hours Different po- Difference podcast uh, is because we are. Um, seven hours apart <laughs> in age. Uh, I was born on April 18th. Meg was born on April 17th, obviously in the same year. Um, and Meg was born in Alaska. I was born in Illinois. We were 4,000 miles apart, but only seven hours apart in age. We are mm, pretty darn close to polar opposites. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, we do have things in common. We do agree on some things, but a lot of our friendship is based off of um, different opinions. And so that's yeah. what we are here to talk about is how we can foster a healthy friendship and have different opinions. So uh, I think we should debate some stuff, huh? All right. Or maybe uh. agree on some stuff. Who knows? I I, I think like some of these we're going to agree on, but we'll just kind of jump around and we'll see. I'm ready. <laughs> it's fine. Bring it okay. on, baby. I guess I'll just start with the first one. Alcohol should not be sold on the weekends. We're going to agree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it better be sold on the weekends. <laughs> now that is some Southern stuff matters. I don't agree with. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I think it, it doesn't matter when weekend. it's sold. Like people are gonna buy it if they, if they can't buy it on the weekends, they're just gonna buy more during the week. <laughs> so it'll true. cover the weekends. That's true. I guess it wouldn't really. But like, yeah. do they mean sold as in like you can't go buy it in bulk, or can you still go buy it from a bar? Like, I like don't a know. Drink. I mean, I that'd know. be so stupid because like most bars make their money on the weekends, like right. Saturday night. I think it's just like, like whole, like, you know, like a probably bowl, like, like a bottle or whatever, you know? Yeah. That's so stupid. I don't know. Why would this even be a controversial debate topic? I don't know. I guess <laughs> part, part of me is like, I don't care enough because I don't drink enough. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, exactly. I would be, if things were normal, I would still be kind of sad if that was like the case because if it, at least if, if it was for 
bars as well, which I don't think it would be, but yeah, because then we it's would lose like, the weekend experience. Yeah, I mean, I'm never, I'm never grown up with alcohol. I've never like, I don't really buy alcohol that much. But like to me, I'm like, why take away two days? Like, what is the significance of those two days that alcohol would not be sold? You know, like well, who cares? Know, man. <laughs> What's the logic behind this? If there's no logic, then there's no case. Yeah. I don't know. But. <laughs> I, I I think we, we can put that one behind us. Um, yeah. Okay. I really think this will be interesting. Um, public speaking boosts the confidence of students. Um, I agree with this. Really? We're going to agree on this too. Or do you not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I do. But I think that it depends on how people go about it. Because like, I need you to take a second and think back to when you were in high school and think about people you knew that were too shy, too scared, shaking to get up and speak in front of the class. Yeah. Maybe none of your close friends, but they were they were students. Yeah. Don't you think that being forced to stand up and do that might have been a little detrimental to them since it was such a scary thing for them? Um, it depends on the outcome. So like um like if they were chastised after it, like people made fun of them, then that's just straight up traumatic. But <laughs> if well, I'm just if, mean if they found it traumatic to just do it. Because you never know. It's not like you can just assume nobody found it traumatic. I mean, well, I obviously didn't. You didn't. But we. Because I remember being very nervous. But sure. But I'm talking about petrified, like stage fright. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I think it's it is kind of traumatic. Yeah. If you are that frightened, I think that yes, I think it can be very beneficial. But I feel like that the, there's got to be like stages. You know, like I had a student who was so petrified to give her speech that uh, we did it with me and one other student. And she did it and she did fine. She was a little nervous, but she was much more happy with doing it just in front of one act, one me and one other person. So that's your audience. You know, it was one of her friends and she felt fine with it and we did it and she did a good job and she was like, okay, that wasn't so bad. So we like took a step with it, you know? I think that's really important because while I, I don't think people like kids who are petrified of public speaking speaking, I don't think they should be like exempt from public speaking right, in any way. Right. No. Um, but I think like exposure therapy is a really good way to deal with it. Kind of like what you did. So like, yeah. if they're like, I can't go up there, I just can't. Then you just kind of like dial it back a little bit and kind of see what they're comfortable with. And then maybe kind of build up to like an in front of the whole class presentation. Yeah. But I yeah, think I that's agree. like what, public speaking court classes should really focus on is like building you know you like, would think <laughs> that's how they should be structured right it's like at the you beginning of the think. class you start out small and then at the very end of the class hopefully you've built up your confidence enough to like actually do a whole presentation but i don't well. know <laughs> i hope I mean, that's how I think it goes ultimately like doing something you're afraid of but doing it anyway builds your character like across true. the board true um, but you've got to do it in those steps right like, yeah if it's something you, you're really terrified of then yeah you don't run before you walk you know <laughs> yeah but there is something to be said for just like i mean this is more like when you're older and you you kind of have more agency but there is something to be said for just kind of like jumping in and like giving yourself 
a full submersion in it and just kind of like, that's more like shock therapy, but I would not recommend that kind of thing for children. <laughs> Definitely sure. not. Sure. Definitely not just your, your students, but like more when you're able to make that decision by yourself as an adult to just know, jump you, in. Talking about that makes me think of when you get in a pool and it's really cold, but you want it to be yeah comfortable. <laughs> so you just like go under and you just get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> if only it was that easy for all. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. But. I okay, okay, sorry, it's I guess it's your turn. I have one and I'm very curious as to know what you're Okay, think go ahead and just do it anyway. Okay. What the heck does this mean? Children should not be allowed to use gadgets. What? What <laughs> what are gadgets? Do they what mean like phones? Define stuff? gadgets. I don't know. Um, Inspector wait. gadget. Doo -doo -doo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look up what gadget means. Okay, I feel like in this context they're talking about like cell phones and like ipads and stuff like that oh like tablets yeah, yeah. and often small mechanical or electronical device <laughs> electronic device with a practical use but often thought of as a novelty this makes me think of like spy kids bro <laughs> i love it <laughs> okay so my opinion on this is no define children or i guess though. yes <laughs> like children up to the age of like i don't know when can they like make decisions by themselves like when is their brain i don't know like right before like no high? no between right and wrong <laughs> i don't know you kind of have to i mean a kid can know that like really early on first to and me, second like, grade they, they have to they've be, pretty much figured it out <laughs> i don't know like i mean what's your thought on this i personally kind of lean towards like the middle school era like 11 12 13 and i think that that all depends on the maturity of each kid yeah. Um, I think that at some point a parent has to take a step back and say, okay, my kid, whoops, my kid is really involved. My kid needs a way to communicate with me. I need to give them a cell phone with limits. And, you know, they kind of work through that. Um, but that could, that could be at age 10 for some kids. That could be at age 14 for some kids. I think it all depends, you know, like if you're. So what do you think about like parents nowadays using like tablets and stuff for their kids? like kids tablets. uh gosh i i think that there's benefits to using technology for learning um obviously i use a lot of technology in my classroom but i also think that it's not healthy for them to only ever get that i really like what i hear about like okay you get an hour of tv a day like i kind of like that like okay so you used your hour of tv you watched two episodes of your show that was nice and relaxing now you need to choose a book or you need to play a game with your family or you need to go outside or there's other ways to learn and engage your brain that kind of like pull from different parts of your brain engage different parts of your brain apart from just staring at the screen not that there isn't really great educational videos out there too so if they're gonna use an ipad if they're gonna allow their kids to have that it needs to be something that is specifically for, you know, not just pointless games, but educational games or, you know, videos, something that is beneficial in some way. And it needs to be monitored, you know, because when you see those kids walking, when the parents walking through the grocery store with the iPad and I mean, you have to guess like, OK, has that kid been on the iPad all day or is this their little chance you know like maybe that's what yeah. they do every time they go to the grocery store and that's when they get to do it I don't know you know I just worry that like it's being used as a way to like not like parent a for a second yeah, yeah. 
but that's not how it works when you have children like you are basically taking a vow for 18 years to take care of this child and give them the best and the best is not sticking them in front of a video all the time yeah I was very I I think you're kind of in the same boat I was because we are lucky to have like like not really the tablet situation when we were young like yes it wasn't a thing didn't yeah, exist just, it, it wasn't really a thing growing up thankfully but also like my parents just threw me outside they were like just go play in the woods <laughs> you know and I know it's different a little bit different learn from, from the childhood. wolves <laughs> yeah they're like go play in the woods go play in the yard you know and my you know my dad taught me like a whole bunch of other stuff that a lot most kids don't usually learn growing up and it nothing was ever about technology like occasionally me and my next door neighbor would like play the GameCube, you know, like, or I would play the GameCube, but it was never like something I was allowed to do. Like we had computer games we would play sometimes, but we had like dial up internet and <laughs> yeah, you know, like when the I kind where you can't use the phone at the same time. Yeah. So. Yeah. We, we were same. We would play on the computer. Sometimes we'd like play the game of life or we would play right at my dad's games that he had or whatever pinball. But it was like, until I was in middle school, it was like just an extra thing. And then in the middle school, it became like the thing, you know, but yeah, growing up, mom was like outside, go outside, go ride your bike, go play dodgeball, go swing on the swing set, do something, you know? And it wasn't, there wasn't phones or yeah. I mean I remember it being a very special treat that I got to call my best friend on <laughs> my dad's razor flip phone and I went for a walk with his phone and I was like this oh is my fucking cool whoa sorry I just dropped my phone <laughs> my bad <laughs> uh, well, I remember I remember like growing up we we kind of like we had like the TV and we would watch the Andy Griffith show and we would watch mm-hmm. Hogan's Heroes which are two very old shows um and they were in black and white until like their eighth or ninth season or something um but we kind of had like we had a lot of family dinners but we also had like eating dinner in front of the tv family time or like after everyone was done with their day we would like watch a few episodes of a show together as a family but it wasn't like I was craving that tv time at the end of the night it was more like I craved as a child like that family family time. time at the end of the night like I didn't really associate I associated that more with family time, not necessarily with technology time. And so I'm kind of like afraid that most kids are, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid it's not really necessarily connected to like something that's learning or something that's like engaging with another person. Because like that's the whole thing when you're a kid, you're trying to engage, like you're trying to learn your interpersonal skills. You don't like, you don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to do really anything with another person like you're still learning to share you're still still learning to talk like you're still learning to communicate effectively so like how is technology really helping with that like I feel like it's kind of going in the opposite direction I mean that's a a, a really great point and I hadn't even thought about those aspects the social aspects but I mean I'm I'm obviously not a mom so you're a teacher you're closer than I am I mean, that's, I think it's really important, you know, the social aspects and especially like in the summers, like when they might not get to see a lot of kids, like maybe they just see their neighbors, maybe they live way out in the country and mom and dad work and they get a babysitter and they can't just go anywhere, you know, they play with the neighbor kids and like, that's it, you know? (laughs) So who knows? That sounds awesome. Playing with the neighbor kids. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it does. That's just what we did. We had neighborhood kids and they all came to play in our yard. That's just how it was. Exactly. Um, But, you know, I I don't know. I think, yeah. 
I think, you know, to an extent, kids can use gadgets, yes. But oh, yeah. I think it needs to be mod- moderated. I think it needs to be moderated. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, it needs to be monitored. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I think they need, they, parents need to be careful um, and make sure that it's purposeful. <laughs> I think yeah. at some point, like a, 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 I said a student, a child reaches a point where they can kind of make their own decisions and build a relationship with gadgets and the technology and hopefully it's healthy based off of how they've been raised um you know it's really hard to like i don't have a healthy relationship with technology at the moment and that's not something that i got from my parents that's something that i got all on my own (laughs) well that's something you got from society (laughs) yeah and so like now i feel really really horrible for all these little kids who like maybe their parents didn't have a good relationship with technology so now it's kind of getting going to get worse and worse over as generations go on and we're going to end up in this like i don't know like completely technology zombified society <laughs> as the um, years go on not according to the jonas brothers wait what Went to the year 3000 <laughs> not much has changed but we lived underwater <laughs> oh okay we live underwater in the year not much has according changed. to the jonas brothers <laughs> Not much has changed, but we live underwater. I don't know. Let's not okay. overthink that one. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I don't believe the Jonas Brothers anyway. Okay. Up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, number nine, there should be no advertisements on kids' channels. Oh, this so is interesting. To talk about this. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I think <laughs> that advertisements on kids' channels are okay if they are obviously kid appropriate and they show the price because parents can use that as a form of educating their children about money oh okay i didn't even think about it from this perspective like if a kid sees like, okay, mom, this Barbie, because I remember looking at these magazines and there was never prices and I would just circle the things that I wanted. My mom would just gasp at what <laughs> things ended up being, you know? I mean, it was crazy. I, I think if a parent could say, okay, you really want this Barbie dream house, um, but you need to look at that price, okay? And we need to work together because you need to save for this and I need to save for this. If you want this, we have to work towards it. And this is the price it's saying. So that's what we're saving up for. And it's an opportunity to teach the kids about money and about saving, about how they can earn that money. It's a really great opportunity. And it, you know, that gives the the toy companies their chance to advertise. But it can also be beneficial for parent and child to have those money conversations. That's just my personal opinion. But I think it needs to stay kid appropriate. Like I do see whenever, you know, I catch a Disney Channel or Nickelodeon or whatever, it's like toys and it's, you know sports and and things like that you know nerf guns and footballs and you know that's cool um as long as it's kid focus you know safe okay all right so i didn't even think about tv channels when i thought of because i i feel like that's where you jump to right it's tv channels yeah okay so like i i never grew up watching that stuff so like my mind immediately jumped to kids youtube channels okay so like to me, kids' YouTube channels, I'm thinking, like, no advertisement should be allowed. <laughs> so, like, mostly because, like, 
I don't, I don't know if you know the situation on YouTube, but YouTube's like a mess when it comes to advertising. Like they're constantly changing their guidelines. Like they're constantly I'm you know, aware. <laughs> taking these away, putting things on. It's messed up. But like kids, no, the kids channels are also like so controversial on YouTube because like sometimes you'll have videos that are like tagged as kids, but they're not kids. They have nothing to do with anything with kids. And you know, kids will just have videos going like because you can do the autoplay feature or whatever and that has nothing to do with anything kids it's like an adult video but it's like in the kids section because it was tagged as as a as a kids video it's I don't know if they fixed this yet it's all messed up but advertisements advertisements are kind of the same way like they're not really filtered very well so like I've had a bra advertisement come up in the middle of a school day yeah And I mean, nothing is wrong with bras, but it's not really a conversation you want to have in the middle of music class. Yeah, not really. (laughs) So to me, it's like, unless they can get their, their content to the same level as like, obviously on the TV, the channels have complete control over the ad slots, you know, like it's not just like an algorithm, like sticking them on the television. Um, So unless like they can figure out how to fix that, then it should just not happen. I'm going to have to agree with you on that because... I can speak speak to that experience and <laughs> <in> that <laughs> it's just it's just not okay content that they don't need to see. Yeah, it's um and plus like like kids aren't really like they'll subscribe to their channels or whatever, but they don't they're not really like oh, I, I'm going to look up this specific video, you know? Like, they're not typing in something specific. No, they, so get, they, on, have, like, they get on the auto-play. YouTube app and yeah. then they just, like, oh, that click looks a video fun. And let it go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they see their little Shopkins <laughs> unboxing and they're like, yay! <laughs> I want to see the new Shopkins. I, I will have to say, too, like, it seems like 90% of the kids' YouTube videos are advertisements in themselves. <laughs> Like they're I all mean, like unboxings and stuff. Yeah. I don't even understand why that's a thing. I, yeah. If I wanted something, I don't want to watch somebody else open it. I I just want it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to open it myself. <laughs> you know? I wonder, I, 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 it fascinates me. Like, I wonder what it's like to be a kid, like a, a toddler or a kid watching YouTube like that. I wonder what they're thinking. Can we take a second to like talk about some of these toys? Like literally they're, they're toys of just miniature items. I know. Like name brand miniature items and like (laughs) adults are obsessed with them. They want to open them up and collect them and get certain ones. Okay. So there's these. It's weird. um, These weird things called LOL dolls. Have you seen those? I have. Yes. So they are like all over. Like when I used to work at Best Buy every freaking christmas lol dolls and there'd be like these blind boxes or whatever where like you would buy it but you don't know what you're getting but you'd buy it and try to collect them all collect all the lol dolls like i don't know if you remember like poly pockets or whatever oh i was obsessed (laughs) at least you knew which poly pocket you were getting okay no yeah i have kids that wear lol like merch yeah or like the jojo chick i don't know listen listen (laughs) I love Jojo Siwa. Oh, I don't know anything about her. I would wear I a Jojo she, bow for her. She has bows and stuff and I don't I love know. Her. It kind of it kind of freaks me out to see like kids idolizing other kids. That's not like something that's new, but like I don't know. I don't get that whole thing. Yeah, I don't know if I ever went through a phase of like idolizing another kid. I did not. I don't think so. But I like, didn't really like 
I was. I guess really... I kind of did because like Hilary Duff was like a child actor and child singer, and I was obsessed with her when I was younger. But I didn't have like Hilary Duff merch and bows and toys <laughs> and Hilary Duff jewelry kits and Hilary Duff easy bakes and <laughs> you know. It was just I listened to her music and I really liked it. Would watch her music videos or whatever, you know? <laughs> I was not introduced to pop culture until like junior high. <laughs> yeah, me. So, <laughs> You're welcome. You introduced me. <laughs> I mean, growing up, I didn't idolize any kid or anything like that. I didn't even have like yeah. any idols. Were you big I didn't know fans of your energy until? No, I didn't even really know until junior high. I didn't know who they were. How did we find like, them? I have no idea. <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. How did we find Pure Energy? By the way, everybody, Pure Energy was like a teenage <laughs> pop Christian band. And they were like freaking hip when we were kids. Okay. Well, no, <laughs> they, they, just, they weren't hip. They were hip in the Christian teenagers. In the Christian c- teenager community, yes. <laughs> but they weren't really hip. But we loved them. Well, because their songs were like popish, like they sounded like they were fun. All the mainstream stuff, like well, the kids' mainstream stuff. And let's you be know? honest, our parents were p- pretty pleased that that's what we wanted to listen to. <laughs> yeah, my parents were on the Christian music bandwagon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and my parents didn't really care because I listened to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, remember- at least it's like wholesome. You know, it's not like cursing. I have and this stuff, memory but. of sitting in the car with my dad and my mom and we were in a parking lot waiting on something. I don't know why we were sitting in a parking lot, but on the radio, maybe we were about to go in. On the radio, I had I sometimes I got to listen to my station, which was always ninety nine seven Kiss FM. <laughs> which <laughs> Kiss FM. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> like the beginning of I'm in love with a stripper came on and I recognized it, but I didn't realize what it was. And I shouted out, Oh my God, I love this song. And <laughs> my dad was like, all right, well we can listen to it. And we like, we're sitting in the car. Oh, and no. then the first thing that comes on is I'm in love with the stripper. And my dad was like, Nope. And he turned off the car so fast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would petrify me. Or it wasn't even I'm in love with the stripper. It's like, she's got the body of a goddess. I don't even remember what yeah. the beginning of the song is. But whatever it was, my dad was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was okay, petrified. I mean, obviously, it was a little traumatic because it stuck in my head. I was embarrassed. Yeah. Like, dad, I'm sorry. I've heard the song before. Like, gasp. <laughs> How could I have done this? It's catchy. <laughs> it is. When, and when you're little, you're like, I like that sound, you know? Like, yeah. the beginning, I don't know if you've heard it, but like the beginning is like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you know i was i was petrified <laughs> that's a good story i like that story <laughs> i'm very sorry it happened <laughs> i'm not uh, i'm sure my, my dad was so embarrassed by me as a child <laughs> oh my gosh i can't remember what you were talking about <laughs> whatever oh we were talking about we were talking about pure energy and we were talking about how we oh, loved yeah. them and like how you know, our parents were probably glad that we listened. You know, your parents probably yeah. liked that we were listening to, like, um, Brit Nicole. We loved Brit Nicole. I, lo- oh, I still yeah. love Brit Nicole. Who am I kidding? It's like we graduated from pure energy to Brit Nicole, I would say. Yeah, we, like, crossed a line. Yeah. They became real official grown-ups, <laughs> teenagers, if you will. <laughs> right. Pure energy was great, though. They're they're not too, yeah. they're not a band anymore. They all gone their separate ways. Yeah, which is understandable, you know, teenage pop stars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were successful in their own 
you know, section of music. Sometimes I message them on Instagram. Oh, like interesting. I f- okay, no, that sounds creepy. Hold on, <laughs> Hold on. Sound creepy. so I follow them on Instagram, like on their separate pages, and one of the Carolines. Like, she'll post things or whatever, and she's, like, into theater and performing and singing. And I don't remember what it was, but she had posted something about, like, singing, and I commented back saying, oh, this is what I do, and I like this, and that's really cool. And, like, whatever. And she replied, and we just, like, chatted for just a second. Like, it wasn't, like... So, but, you know, I'll respond to their stuff if I ever... Ooh, find a right moment famous <laughs> not not, not really more, famous but. but yeah you know I look, I look up to them still I think they're awesome they they had a really successful childhood and teenage career and now they're all well, they did things that they love they did impact my childhood greatly like same they their song like I don't know I've always had like emotional connect- connection to music we shared that you growing up so thing. like you change me you just feel closer to artists where you, when you have an emotional connection to their music. Absolutely. Shout out to Jesse so. McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Jesse McCartney. Uh, love. No, I've never <laughs> listened to that that guy, so. Yeah. Right. You know what? While we're talking about this, I just the other day, Cedric and I got into a One Direction kick. Because I went through that phase in my high school career. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't part of it, I don't think. But, um, I, like, it their music playing like we put on like a playlist of all their songs and it was like i was being transported to another place it was like insane yeah because you hear all those old songs and you're like what's happening who am i <laughs> where am i <laughs> i'm 18 again <laughs> you know oh crazy yeah it's a good it is feeling. crazy when you have those emotional connections to music yeah <sighs> anyways you're right we should okay. move on <laughs> Uh, okay, it's your turn. Oh, um, uh, okay. Let's let's debate this. Women are much more complicated than men. What do you think? Um, it depends on the perspective. You have a more unique perspective to this than I do. That's true. Because um, I don't. Did you talk about how you're pan before? I don't know. But. I haven't, but um, it's not. Well, really I feel a like secret. you brought it up last, prod- yeah. last podcast. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I I well, I haven't brought up my I, how I identify, but I do identify as pansexual. Um, okay. To my listeners, if you're listening, um, <laughs> I identify as pansexual, which means that I just like everybody. I'm not. I mean, obviously, I have like a type and like standards of course but yeah, like, just like I, everyone else, yeah. I don't care if you're male or female or non-binary or what whatever you might be um trans whatever I just love people and I like personalities and that's what I'm all about so that's how I identify and I dated a woman for five and a half years right almost six years so I think that's what she means by <laughs> different yeah so like you would say you I mean I would I would assume that you would have you would be able to say, like, in a relationship, are women more complicated than men? Like, I don't know what your opinion on that is, but. Oh, I can't um, wait to share with you. <laughs> okay. But I want well, you to go, to go first. first? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no. <laughs> wait, we agree. Okay, so we agree on this. Okay. Well, uh, this is so hard for me to talk about. Like, I, I think men are so complicated, but also, yes. like, and I think women are so easy but that's because i'm a woman like i understand what i understand women so you know my whole thing is like 
society society okay okay i'm not trying to <laughs> glorify men because they don't deserve it but men in society they really they can't they aren't allowed to express themselves and like they aren't allowed to be vulnerable they're not allowed to be the nurturing one they're not allowed to be all of these things that might be who they are they have this like super awful standard that they have to meet to be deemed whatever they are in society a man and yeah and i think it's probably really hard and i'm i'm not glorifying men let me just be clear men can suck but i feel like that does make it complicated for them because they have this like total internal battle going on. I'm sure. I'm not a man, so I can't really speak to it, but I feel like they would have this internal battle going on about like being who they are and meeting society's standards. And not that women don't have that too, but women are allowed to in a certain extent to express and to you know, be who they are a little bit further than others. You know, like well, I think I don't know, like lesbians, like that's cool. Like the society's I eat with lesbians, but then when a man comes out as gay, they have more of an issue with that. Why is that? What's the difference? That's because of the whole thing where like I don't know I don't know how to really express this, but like men are more accepting of women who are gay or Exactly you know, whatever their orientation is because that is attractive to them. Exactly. But like a woman, I mean, there are women, of course, that are like into gay men and like gay men being together. But like, because there's there's a there's someone out there for everybody. Like, you of course, can't say like people aren't into that. Of course, but of like course. it's not really like a, a socially fully socially accepted thing. It's more like men are super into women who like other women. You know, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's complicated, yeah. and. I I want to be part of creating a society that is accepting of men being exactly who they are, being vulnerable and not having to have all of that internal struggle happening. So that's why I think that men are more complicated than women. I'm, I, I dated a woman for five and a half years and uh, although she is absolutely complicated um, and women are complicated, it, it, it seems like nothing compared to men. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, I mean, women are just so much more simple than med, men. Oh my gosh, I can't even say men. Meg. Than men give them <laughs> give them credit for. Like, I mean, yes, there there are some divas in every you know gender group. Absolutely, <laughs> men and women are are whatever you may be. But, um, like generally speaking, women are they just tell you what they want, and if. You can choose to hear that or you can choose not to hear it. Amen. <laughs> like, that has been my experience. Like, it's like they aren't aren't willing to, to listen, <laughs> well, which is like the age old struggle with men and women is that men don't feel like they want to listen. But I also kind of, <laughs> I also kind of like wonder why that is. And I, I'm painting with a broad brush right now. Obviously, there are men out there that are great oh, listeners. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> yes. for being a good listener. Yes. And there are women that are bad listeners, but... I don't know. You're right, though. Men are in a very complicated situation. Um, you know but, what? Let's take a second to just say that Seven Hours Difference podcast is an inclusive and accepting podcast. Okay. Yeah. We don't like to speak in general terms. Sorry if it like happens every once in a while. <laughs> just yeah, but we, we love all. 
And we want this to be a safe space for everybody, including men who need to get it off their chest. We are here for you. Meg, I just realized. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, No. mine's (laughs) mine's not serious. So you finish. I was just saying that, like, you should definitely still both men and women. Like, I know there's this whole stigma against, like, you know, you don't have to, you know, learn womanly skills. You don't have to learn manly skills. But, like, you should definitely try if you if you're wanting to be a good partner to somebody and you're trying to attract a certain type of partner, you should try to build skills that are conducive to that relationship. Like you should don't avoid a skill just because it's yeah. maybe manly or feminine. Like, be well-rounded. Yeah. Be well-rounded because the more well-rounded you are, the more that the easier you're going to attract the kind of person that you want to be with. You know, one of the things, the very few things that I pride myself in, um, it from, well, when my dad had a stroke, my mom and I had to learn how to do the things that yeah. dad had always done. And one of those things was, um, I'm a amazing weed whacker. <laughs> I'm so good at it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm happy that I have some well-rounded skills, partially yeah. from things that my dad taught me over the years and partially from having to just face life. It's good for you. Be well-rounded. Yeah. Be able to take care of yourself and then some. And I that, think that you have to know all of those things to be a good yeah. existing human and then also to be a good partner. And I think that like, I don't know, we, I don't know if, if you want to talk about this or not, because if not, I can cut this out. But you and I have both talked about how like if we have kids, we want to be like stay at home mothers. I do. And we want to be like housewives and stuff like and that's not a bad thing. Like I know there are feminists out there who are like women should not be housewives like go on, do your thing. Like, but there are women out there who genuinely want to be a housewife and that is what they think will fulfill them in their life. And I'm one of those people. Like mm-hmm. if I have kids, I want to be home with my kids, raising them. Let so, me like, be, I think, Oh, go ahead. I just want to be perfectly clear. Even though that is something I want, if my partner wanted it more, I would be fine with that because in the end, what it is okay. for me is that there are somebody there for my kids as they're growing up. Okay. And not in school yet. So for me, it doesn't matter if it's me or my partner. I just want that for my kids. I do think I would love it. I do think it would be very fulfilling for me. And I think it would probably break my heart to be away from my kids the whole day. (laughs) But for me, it's just about how I think good parenting is, you know, Mm -hmm. raising good, healthy, smart, able, experienced, well-rounded children I feel like that's part of the step. But for you, that's awesome if that's what you want and that's what's going to fulfill for you. Well, I didn't even think about that. Because, like, cause I like mean, honestly, it w- that would not be a deal breaker for me. Like, if if a person I married was like, I actually want to be stay at home, you know, I'd be like, okay, well, I'd take some adjusting for me, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Let's make a plan. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, let's make a plan. Because, like, I didn't even think about that. To be honest, it didn't even cross my mind that the guy would want to be... <laughs> That's bad. Well, but, and um, I mean, that just goes back to society. Yeah. I mean, there there you have it. But yeah. it's not it's not you. It's just society, right? So yeah. obviously well, my you have no issues if that's what I think what it's more tied want. into like just watching my parents. Like that's just how it was growing up for well, me. Like my mm. mom was stay at home. Yeah. Um, but like my my point was like because I want to be a stay-at-home mom I think it's my responsibility to build skills that would like support that so right you know like I want like currently now I'm trying to become a better cook like I'm trying to 
figure out how to like manage my house and like get better at managing money and stuff like that. So like, I think building those skills are really essential, like for the path that I kind of want to take in my life. And so I'm hoping like my future partner out there is also wanting hopefully the same things I do and is trying to build skills that's conducive to that. So, you know, I really like this, um, this idea of like, you know, bettering yourself for your future, not, uh, not just for your future spouse, but for your future just in general. Um, there's this TikToker, um, bites with buddy, I think is what it's called. I think, um, but his whole thing is he went through really, um, like rough breakup and now he's like on this path of like bettering himself and one of his things he's doing is he's cooking his way to a soulmate so he works on his cooking and comes up with his own recipes tries new recipes he cooks for him and his kid and his family that he stays with and he tries just fun things and he puts it out there and not because he's like searching right away not that he's looking to just like meet somebody right away but because he's making himself better and I like that and that's kind of where I'm at in my life too and I think that that's awesome that like you're doing all those things to not only just be a better version of yourself to be prepared for life and to take care of yourself but then also because you know who knows however many months years weeks I don't know at some point that's going to be it's going to translate into being a better mother a better partner a better grandma a yeah. better etc <laughs> you know and once you find that person that you click with like like for me personally, like I'm going to find a guy that wants the wife that stays home with the kids, you know? Like, right. Yeah. It's going to be it's, natural. It's all going to click. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm going to find the guy that can, you know, hold down a job and. <laughs> right. You wants know, have to a career. supply that yeah, wants lifestyle to supply for that. you. Yeah. yeah. Every, there's yeah. someone out there for everybody. That was I, the thing that always bothered me about that be. extreme feminism. Oh, of course. Was that, you know, it, it was like all of a sudden all these women were basically saying like it's not the women's job and blah 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 but it can be i agree yeah there's nothing wrong with totally up to you it's totally up to your your family dynamic and your partner and yeah like that's something that you guys as a family alone have to make a decision about and as a woman alone with i guess not alone but a woman with your partner you have to talk about that and make a decision that's best for you not society, not feminism, not exactly. menism, not anybody else, just <laughs> your family, right? <laughs> so yeah. beautiful. Well said, Meg. I don't even Glad remember. Glad you I brought said. that up. Well, you uh, who know. I'm a little jumbly I'll, tonight. I'll listen to it later. <laughs> <laughs> I had a beer, so I'm a little jumbly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's my uh my turn. Um, beauty pageants are setting ridiculous standards in society. I don't know how you feel about this one. (laughs) Huh? Okay. Well, sticking to what we've been talking about in that, you know, letting society be a decider of a factor in how we decide who we are isn't, isn't okay. At least in my eyes. So I would say that if beauty pageants make somebody happy then that's fine but we also need to make sure that those beauty pageants are promoting healthy role models mm-hmm. not role models I don't but, know how to yeah ideals yeah. <laughs> you know in that everybody can be beautiful you know it's not just a certain exact yeah standard that can that is only beautiful right it needs to be inclusive mm-hmm. and um 
you know. And so, but if that makes somebody happy, then I don't want to be like, well, get rid of bee pageants because that's, <laughs> the, I don't know, you know, ridiculous in society. I don't know. But, you know, I, I also think that we also shouldn't be ashamed if we're not participating in beauty pageants, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, beauty pageants, do what you do, whatever. But, like, I don't know about you, but, like, beauty pageants are just so, like, I don't even think about them. Like, I don't even think about who miss whoever of whatever state or miss America. Like it doesn't even cross my mind ever. Like I don't look it up. I don't watch anything. Like it's just so in the background now. Is it like that for everybody or is it just me? <laughs> um, It's very much in the background for me too. It makes me think of Miss Congeniality. Um, I have I love seen that, that movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I go, I don't know. I've seen like, you know, the little kid beauty pageant TV shows on TLC and stuff. Like I've yeah. seen a couple episodes of that. Um, it comes up in movies sometimes or like media for me, but yeah. like it's not well, a lot of it's making fun of beauty pageants. <laughs> some of it, um, yeah. which I mean, it is kind of in the background for me, but if I was interested yeah. in it, I'm sure I would keep up, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, I don't really know if anybody really looks at beauty pageants as like a beauty standard anymore. Like, cause who cares about what the panel of judges think? Like in, well, in my unfortunately, mind, unfortunately, that's not how everybody thinks. Uh, I, I don't I don't even know enough about like the the sample people of people who actually watch it seriously like I don't know enough about them to be able to talk about this <laughs> really but like if, if people are looking up to that and they're like oh I want to be like that person then I would say yeah that's like a ridiculous standard you know because that's like sculpting and and you know they have to have their body a certain way which is normally not necessarily getting it that way and then the most healthy way um i don't know it's it's if that's the case then that is that is a ridiculous standard but mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah i think it depends i think it's probably different from pageant to pageant too you know yeah but i mean i i think if it makes other people happy like then it just is something that will be I agree I, I guess in what you're saying is like it's in the background and meaning it doesn't really affect how you feel about yourself it doesn't come up enough I don't know I can't even come up with a stance because I think it all just <laughs> depends I don't think they're all the same you know like yeah. I don't I mean, know for aren't instance they all our the little same, small town no they're not all the same like our little small town did one at the fall festival every year and it was not just your average beauty pageant it was like legit it was like fun and like it was inclusive and you know so it depends <laughs> I mean all, what I'm thinking of is like where you start at the the county and then you work your way up to the state and then you go from state to yeah USA and then USA to Miss Universe or whatever and and that sort of thing like the official beauty pageants or whatever <laughs> um which I think is completely antiquated, but it's like a whole career people do. So whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, if that's the case, then what about modeling? Well, models are like employees of the modeling agency, you know, it's not there. They don't necessarily all create the product that they're advertising. So like if you're in a beauty pageant, you're putting yourself out there. You go, <laughs> is antiquated as it sounds like you are the product like you're trying to sell yourself I to win the pageant that. yeah yeah <laughs> okay so <laughs> all like, right you make points you um, make points <laughs> it's uh 
it, it's not quite the same, but I totally understand like where the connection is there because like most times you're modeling something and you're like your proportion, your proportions are perfect for the product that you're modeling. So in a way that's unrealistic for other people, but that's not necessarily conducive to the model. That's like more a reflection of the product. I don't know. Kind of went off on a little, <laughs> I get it though. I, get I don't it. like beauty pageants. <laughs> But if you're in them, mm. you're you're fine. I don't like I don't dislike you, you as a do person. You. I dislike the yeah. structure. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We want healthy but. beauty pageants. We just want pageants. Yeah, just some. Yeah, just like um, how do we rename it then? Um, like we want you to answer hard questions. Positive. We want you to show off your talent, and we want yeah. you to feel pretty. But we want it yeah. to be confidence realistic. pageant. <laughs> confidence pageant i don't know it sounds so lame i like it okay tr- can you hear my chair creaking it is creaking no, so much I okay can't. good meg's hotel chair i know my hotel chair is like the creakiest She's chair the in the hotel, universe motel, holiday anyways okay. um okay i think this is interesting i think we'll have a very good conversation about this morals okay. or money which one is necessary to survive Ooh. I was going to ask this, but I didn't know if we should talk about it, but this is good. Um, okay. I feel like we're going to agree on this though. Cause I feel like it's morals. Me too. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I get I was, why money is important, actually, but I feel like yeah. if you have good morals, you're, well, you're probably going to be poor. <laughs> you're probably, not going to ever be but super You're going to be more fulfilled. You're going to live yeah. a better life in heart Maybe not in physical no. extravagance. Yeah, but <laughs> with a, with your heart, you'll just live a better life. You know. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. It, like necessary morals, to survive. To survive. I was thinking today. I was thinking today that I was thinking through the whole concept of like good deeds never go unpunished. You know. And I, I honestly believe that. I don't know if you believe that or not, but like there's always some, something that comes back at you as a result of you doing the good deed. That's the whole point. You're sacrificing something for the sake of somebody else. Um, morals. I definitely agree that like morals over money is what you should choose every time, but I don't necessarily think that make, that means you're going to have a happy life, you know? Hmm. I think you can have a very moral life, but I don't think that's the same thing as having a happy life. I don't think money will make you happy either, but I mean, I'm neither of these choices will bring you happiness necessarily. What brings you happiness? Um, dogs. Yeah, probably dogs, (laughs) (laughs) puppies. Um, just probably doing something you love. I mean, if that brings you money, then awesome. But as long as, you know, you're doing something that helps you feel fulfilled, then you should choose that over money and you should choose morals over money. So I don't know what order it should be. Should it be morals, doing something happy that makes you happy and then money? Like what if the thing that makes you happy is immoral? What if you like robbing banks? Well, makes me wonder how am I living my life? Because I think I live my life money, morals, and then what makes me happy? Yeah, that's but like I think sometimes I waver like between America morals and, <laughs> and what makes me happy. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> but money is how I keep a roof over my head. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, with you, like you don't necessarily have to choose between morals and money because what you do has a positive impact on society. So like your morals and your money, like your money is not affecting your morals in a negative way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Good karma. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're contributing positive things to society because you're influencing, you know, society's children <laughs> like you're influencing the children of the the town that you're near assuming that i'm influencing them well come on <laughs> of course you are come on um but like if you had maybe like a job where you were a detriment to society um or you had a job that was like completely neutral to society then you would have to kick in that morals <laughs> You know, and you would want to want to choose that morals over money. I don't know. This just is all knowing very introspective. that you did, just knowing that you did the right thing. Yeah, I don't think people even if it bites that, you in the though. butt. Yeah, well, that's insane. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think everyone has that thing that like where when when they do something right or correct, it makes them happy. You know, like you know how you and I, when we do something good, it makes us feel happy inside. You know. No, I think that people just don't find as much joy in it yeah it's like it not, doesn't override their desire to have money right i think that it's there you can think of somebody who's been a butthole and then done something nice and then been like wow that was like that was good i liked that doing that and you're surprised you know yeah but i think yeah getting back to the question like for survival like, okay, I'm my mind goes to a post-apocalyptic scenario. <laughs> Money. <laughs> yeah. It, well, if you, well, for, for survival in a post-apocalyptic scenario, you have to choose morals because something will come back and bite you in the butt. Hmm. Like if, if you choose to steal these supplies from that person, which your currency is supplies in that scenario, because there's really no need to have money or anything in that scenario. Um, if you do something to negatively impact someone else, it's going to come back around and get you. <laughs> so y'all, like Meg in believes one in way karma. Or another. <laughs> I don't I know. Do I've watched The Walking Dead. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <laughs> Meg is basing her opinion <laughs> off of the TV show. <laughs> but I, I understand. Know, like, what goes around comes around, you know? I totally I, agree. I believe in that. I don't know if I believe in the whole karmic system, but I definitely believe in what goes around comes around. So like, to survive if you have good morals other people want to be friends with you man they yeah. want to team up with yeah. you you know it's people want to be friends with you in a non post apocalypse post apocalyptic situation the more people you have behind you and the more people that have your back the better off you're going to be in life i agree. you don't need money for that if you buy your friends they're not really your friends true i don't know interesting i i liked the i mean I fall in the same boat that I did when at the beginning, but I like where we went with our conversation. Okay, so this next one, I know we've kind of talked about in like our Christmas podcast, but um, do fairy tales affect children's reality perception? I know you are going to have an interesting take on this, so go ahead. I am going to have to say yes. I, I really kind of think so. Okay. Um, and I think it, affects not just children but I mean I mean it affects them obviously so much (laughs) that it follows them into adulthood because 
I will never forget the day I came out to my mother and she looked at me and said, you're not supposed to have a princess. You're supposed to have a Prince Charming. And I was like, I'm not in a storybook. <laughs> like, you, you know, and I think it's very romanticized. Like your life is you're this princess with long flowing hair and or I guess even you may be the prince. I don't know, you know, however you identify with the story and you know, you fight one battle and then life is fine. And that's not how life works. Right. You know, the battles are kind of endless. And I think it does kind of like plant this like really unrealistic seed. Um, but I think fairy tales are important because imagination is, imagination is important. I think that there's just not enough emphasis on this is just make believe. This is just for fun, just to make you smile, you know? <laughs> Yeah. You know, those little girls looking up at their dad and saying, Daddy, am I going to find my Prince Charming? Of course you are, sweetheart. You know? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, fairy tales have their place. Like, I mean. Yeah, they teach you some morals. Exactly. Like, I don't really know how to answer this because, like, I would say no. Like, no, they don't affect their reality perception. But that's just because they didn't affect my reality perception. So, like. Right. I don't. Like, how do I. I can't really paint with a broad brush here, but to me, like growing up, like we didn't really do like the whole fairy tale thing, but we did get like the book of fables, you know, we read through that, like, you know, we, we, we had all the fun ones or whatever, but like, to me, they were just stories and like my mom and dad would always like use them to like, cause there was like a moral to every story or whatever. (laughs) Yes. So they would always kind of use that to like, you know see but i feel like a lesson that's the story healthy looking at it and okay yeah. it's a fable and it's there's a moral moral to the story it's not real but there's something you can learn from it whereas yeah. meanwhile we have disney which don't get me wrong is great so fun <laughs> but like disney is like pushing ariel and cinderella and moana and all these these things down your throat and it like it consumes children I do remember watching some Disney princess stuff, mostly like Ariel. Yes, Um, she's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And I always felt like I never really made that connection in my brain that like the whole point was for her to end up with Prince Charming. I know that was like their whole thing back then before they became more diverse and modern in their storytelling. Mm -hmm. But like, I guess I never really made that connection. It was always just like, the music and like everything was fun. I really care about that part, the story. I mean, that's kind of how it was for me too, but I know for some it's different. It's a different experience. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it has to do with, you know, maybe the parents. I mean, maybe. Sure. I don't know. I mean, all parents, you know, influence their children in different ways. So I don't really know how it feels to have your reality like changed by a fairy tale, you know, like it's hard it's hard to process because we're so far from that yeah. point in our lives, you know? Like, <laughs> I wish I could go back and, like, really see how little Sarah was seeing fairy tales from her young perspective. You know, did, did I idolize them it. like Jojo Siwa? <laughs> <laughs> did, you know? <laughs> I had other things that I idolized, though, now that I think about it. Nancy Drew? I guess, no... Um, books like does this count as like fairy tales I think it kind of does I think it definitely does yeah because like 
I read this book series, and if you know, you know, but if you don't, then they're called Redwall. Um, and they're like these adventure series where these like animals are like humans. Okay. <laughs> they're like humans in the story. Um, okay. but they're like going on adventures and there's like, and it's like, it's, it's a more serious kids book. Like it's not really a kid's book. It's like a chapter book. Like it's more like a young adult book, but there's like deaths and like, um, storylines and like, it's very serious for, for that. So like we would read these books and then we would go act out and be the characters in these books. And like, I thought because of those books, that's how life was going to be. Like life was going to be this big adventure and you would like get friends and companionship and like you would, that's how my relationships would be. Mm. And so I guess that's kind of the same way. (laughs) Yeah, I would say. Yeah. So I I mean, it just comes in different forms. Some people read their their fables some people yeah watch their fables watch them on tv some people hear their fables <laughs> yeah that's so weird i don't i don't even think about that that's so weird i mean even Did you have as young like adults that? we get sucked into that make yeah. believe <laughs> like i mean love love stories when you're a teenager you read a love story you yeah. get sucked in and you're like this is how it's gonna be no it's not honey <laughs> you know like i think I think that our perspective on how reality is going to be is definitely morphed a little bit by these fairy Did shows. you have anything like that? I mean, you, I know you said like we, Ariel and stuff. When but. Yeah. Well, I had all kinds of things. Like I had uh, my obsessions in the with books were like um, we read this series called Animorphs. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, I read the American Girl Doll stories, which were technically a little bit of historic. Oh, yeah. Historic fiction, if you will. Um, <laughs> um, slightly made up, I'm sure. But, I mean, the characters were made up, but it, they were fictional to the time or non-fictional to the time period. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like, but still, it was all like magical. Like, you know, they made they made it seem like Kit Kidridge in the middle of the depression was doing just dandy. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's it 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 all we make it seem happy go lucky. We're not giving the kids the reality, but I guess to an extent, it's almost necessary because otherwise, you'd have all these little depressed children. <laughs> you know, so like, sad. but like, I mean, yeah, kids, reality sucks. Ha, <laughs> you'll get there. Ha. <laughs> yeah (laughs) but also i guess there's something to be said about teaching kids like hey life is hard yeah get back up and try again you have to make happiness for yourself you have to make your life and that's i think some of i remember some of the american girl dolls were like that yeah absolutely no honestly they were they were pretty pretty good pretty good books you know what i also learned about american girl dolls is that they're really freaking expensive and i can only get one because i saved up my money for so long (laughs) to get that one i remember which ones did you have saving um okay so i got one that was a lookalike and i named her um michelle um you got a lookalike oh my god i did i got a lookalike that was when i had bangs so she has bangs but um i named her michelle from full house (laughs) um and then i got let's see i got nikki she was a girl of the year i got marisol she was a girl of the year kaya and jess who was a girl of the year oh my gosh you were swimming (laughs) but when i was young i saved up my money so that i could 
ago, we went on a trip for my 11th birthday to the American Girls store in Chicago. One of them. Oh I don't gosh. remember which one. Yeah. And I went and I had enough money to buy everything I wanted. And I bought Kaya and I bought uh, Nikki. Oh my gosh. And actually, awesome. I did end up buying Jess as well on my own. So I was only gifted two of them. I saved all my money up for American Girl Dolls because I love them so much. <laughs> so, yeah. I got Nellie. My sister yes. got multiple ones, but I got Nellie. Did your sister have Samantha? And I like, uh, yeah, I think so, actually. Oh, you guys were. The- <laughs> so cute. But by the time I got my doll, my sister was like grown out of them. So I didn't really have anybody to play with, but I never touched her really because I was afraid I'd mess up her hair. So I just like dressed her up. That's and sad that we like, weren't together during that phase because we yeah. would have had so much fun. I remember my dad built a, a special wooden chest for all her clothing for me. Aw, beautiful. Like, it was so pretty. It was like a little chest. It was like all finished and everything. My dad is like a master woodsmith, by the way, <laughs> people listening. Um, and it was so beautiful. And I also got that like, it was made by the same company and it was like, did you ever get the catalogs that would go out mm-hmm. all the time? Are you talking about Bitty like Babies? Loved... No, I didn't get, never got a Bitty Baby, but it was like this mouse. Um, but I forget her name. It was like, started with like an A. Ugh. Hold on. I have to look it up right now because it's going to bother me. American Girl Doll. <laughs> mouse. Um, I can't think Angelina Ballerina oh I know Angelina Ballerina I loved I didn't realize that was an American Girl doll thing yeah um so I got Angelina Ballerina because she was less expensive and she was so pretty to me at least I I read all the books I loved her yeah (laughs) and then I also got the little sister I think Alice was her name was it a sister or a friend or something but she had like the little green dress on yeah I don't know and then I got like the the (laughs) This is so dorky. I got the camping set. <laughs> for American Girls? For the Angelina Ballerina camping set. Oh, my god! And I gosh. would take them out in my backyard, and I would set up a tent, and then I would set up their little tent outside of my tent. Oh, my gosh. It's so cute. <laughs> I was such a weirdo. Honestly, that's but. not even weird. Like, I mean, I would... I, I had a little hairdresser set. I would put my <laughs> dolls in the hairdresser seat and curl their hair. <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> it's just, that's just little girls, you know? Yeah. It's so weird. Little that I kids. Camping with my Angelina Ballerina. <laughs> I love that for you. That feels right. Okay. All right. So I guess this is going to transition to the fun part of our podcast, but it's not even, it's kind of a fun slash serious uh section of our podcast because we're talking about stress gay stress hey okay so let's let's get into this meg okay what happens when you're stressed okay so when i am stressed i I don't even really like think about it when i'm stressed but when i'm stressed i like don't feel like talking to anybody i I know like in the moment, if I feel like really stressed in the moment, then like my body temperature just shoots right up. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, like I get super hot. Um, I'm sure I get flushed. I don't even think about it. But um, like if I if I'm really stressed, like just in general, um, I don't know. I'll do like anything I can not to think about it. So like I will play a video game. I'll... I'll pretty much just try to like 
detach from that as much as I can. So I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. Like if someone asks me, like if I'm stressed about work, someone asks me about work, I'm like, oh, work's fine. You know, I just don't want to talk about it at all. I don't know. I don't know if that's weird. I don't know how other people deal with it, but, or if I'm stressed about a relationship, like someone asked me like, oh, how's that person doing? I'm like, they're fine. You know, like (laughs) it's just kind of like a whole avoidance um, of that topic. Um, I try to minimize it as much as possible. I get that. Like that's just like my full energy and focus. So I don't know what happens to you when you're stressed. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting that you get warm when you're stressed. Um, oh yeah. When I'm stressed, uh, I, I get the chills. Actually, I kind of get the opposite. Like I start to chatter. Oh. It's usually like when I'm getting worked up in like on, in the process of becoming stressed. <laughs> um, and then when I'm stressed, I, I kind of have to agree. I I procrastinate. I get very cranky, snappy. Um, <laughs> I well, I I will absolutely go into a panic attack if it's under the right circumstances, um, and I I feel nauseous. <laughs> so I mean, just in general, I can feel my body become you know, I feel sick and not well because yeah. I'm letting it get into my head for whatever reason, whatever kind of stress I'm feeling. I will say I feel a lot less stress now that I'm not in college (laughs) yeah but I still feel stress and I'm sure that most people will still feel stress with their work workplaces and things like that so I um I we could talk longer about this thing but like I usually disassociate I don't know if you've ever done that before but like I don't know really how to explain it I ever since we've, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, just like in spurts, yeah. and I've really done some thinking about it, and I I think I do understand what it is because I think I've done it. I think it's like I think for me, like I'll be in the middle of a conversation, and then I'm like not there. Does that make sense? Okay, so let me like it's gone. It, like I'm not like processing yeah. anything anymore at any point. It's it's different. Let me preface this by saying, like, it's different for everybody, but... Sure. Like, let me read a actual definition, I guess. Well, it's by WebMD, so, like, whatever, but... Uh, okay. <laughs> um, Take it with a grain of salt, then. So, disassociation is a break in how your mind handles information. You may feel disconnected from your thoughts, feelings, memories, and surroundings. It can affect your sense of identity and your perception perception of time. The symptoms often go away on their own. However, it may take hours days or weeks so like you can disassociate for literally weeks um which has happened to me before it hasn't I I disassociated for weeks before um however that was when I was going through like my really depressive period so like that isn't necessarily directly related to like my stress is how I handle it today (laughs) um but I don't know disassociation is different for everybody but like for my stress, like usually like I'll completely disconnect and I'll go into like auto. This is when I'm like stressed in a situation. Like yeah. I'll just go into like auto and I, it's like, I'm looking down on myself from outside my body. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it, but, and it's not even every time I'm stressed. It's like, it's, it's usually triggered by like, interpersonal stress like if I'm stressed about people you know or like social anxiety that's usually when it happens I don't know hmm it's it's weird 
but like like you were saying like kind of where where you like you kind of like are out of the conversation all of a sudden or whatever you know or you like I totally understand that. Like, I totally get what you're saying. I get. I guess, like, I had a moment today when I was taking my shower where, like, I definitely felt like I wasn't, like, part of, like, a current time frame, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like and I it's was... it's, like, where you can't remember what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't a negative experience for me. Like, no, in the yeah. shower, it was, like, I was really enjoying myself. I was relaxed and... uh but yeah. then I like found myself staring at my shower head and I was like, what? How okay. I get here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's like road blindness. Have you ever had road blindness where you like, you get somewhere, but you don't remember how you got oh, there? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like yeah. the scariest thing. Okay. <laughs> this is why I like to talk on the, on the phone in the car because for me, I feel yeah. like I am so bad about that road blindness stuff. And yeah. I have driven through red lights because I was asleep. Before. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Okay, that's scary. I've never done that before. Yeah, so I just like I've to. I, I like to. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, what are some things that you do to like help yourself when you're stressed? Okay. Well, I know I already mentioned this, but recently, <laughs> journaling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to shower away the things oh okay so like it's almost like a mental thing more than it is like a physical thing but like I'm washing it off like okay I mean it depends on like if it's a deadline thing but maybe say I've reached the deadline I'm good and now I can like not think about it as much I'm gonna go take a shower and I'm gonna do all the things to make myself feel fresh and like I gave myself, I shaved my legs, so I have a fresh start, <laughs> you know. And then I step out of the shower and I make sure that I, you know, do a really good round of moisturizing and I do my eyebrows or whatever. And then I feel tip top, and that it gives me like, even though it's like temporary, it gives me like a little bit of a fresh start. And I yeah, like can, a self care. Yeah, like I clean the slate, like deep clean to the slate, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I usually, like, try to make sure that I almost – this is bad, but, like, I'll basically say, like, I've earned a chance to sit on the couch or I've earned a chance to lay in my bed and watch a show and not I, – I earned a chance to play a game or whatever and not do a responsibility that might be weighing on me, which yeah. well, depends. I like, think... what's more important? Is it – like, do is the task at hand going to bother me so because you know how I am (laughs) so like is the task at hand more important to get done than it is to relax it depends but you know like tonight there are dishes in the sink and the bathroom needs cleaned and I'm not even going to think about it because I worked 14 days in a row (laughs) and I came home and I took a shower and (laughs) I have tomorrow off (laughs) so you know so that's why I was thinking about it because I was I came home and I was I came home and I was uh, maybe not stressed, but just like totally at brain max capacity. Like I couldn't process another second, you know? So I took a shower and I washed myself clean slate, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What about you? I know you really like Um, bubble baths, right? Is that relaxing? I do like baths. Um, I don't know. This is like... Like, I don't really 
necessarily deal with my stress. It just kind of like goes away. Um, I assume it just goes away. Like I, I take baths. That's like my thing, man. I like love to take baths. Like if I'm feeling some tension in my back or my shoulders, I'm like, I'm taking a bubble bath. <laughs> Heck yeah. But like, I don't know. Like I do that to relax or like, but like, I don't, I don't ever think about my stress. Like my stress is like so minimized that like when I'm in the bath, I'm, I'm just like playing some chess on my phone or like reading a magazine, you know, like I'm not, I'm not working through anything. I'm not like washing off my stress, you know, it's just kind of like a distraction. So I don't really know how to answer that question, but cause I can't, I can't say like, just keep distracting yourself till it goes away. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's the right answer. I don't know healthy. if that's good advice, <laughs> but like, I feel fine. Like, I don't know. Don't give me that. Okay. <laughs> no, let's talk about it. This is like serious. I yeah. don't think that you feel fine. I think you have off days just like everybody else. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I think I if you are having dissociation issue i mean i'm not trying to like throw you under the bus in the middle of a podcast but like i think it's something that you should think about is like what's a step that you can take that starts a healthy processing of stress for you um who knew this was so important to talk about tonight um (laughs) you know like i guess i don't even think about where it goes like so like if i'm really stressed about um someone like i know i was like talking with you about these people I was stressed about at work because I was like having like a full-blown panic attack over this situation like (laughs) I was not in a good area but like literally hours later I felt fine so like I don't know where it goes I don't know if I processed it and like was fine with it and you might have yeah which I which is possible you talked to me yeah like that was healthy I don't know where it goes though like I don't know if I'm processing correctly or if I'm not and it just is like being minimized um i guess i should get to know myself a little bit better. that's a great <laughs> right then and there that's a great example yeah. of how of a opportunity to journal yeah oh that's like a good point because then you just release it and then you go back and you read it and you're like oh how silly yeah because you'd never let me be stressed over something like that no of course you not. know <laughs> you know what i mean maybe yeah. that's how you should start looking at it like would I let some somebody I love be stressed over this situation? Because if not, no, then maybe I just need to, to let treat it go. Yourself the same way you would treat your best friend. Ooh, yes. I know I've talked about that before on podcasts, but that's always a good practice to try to do. Yeah, I mean, if no, you if you were here and you were stressed, I would get us dinner we would talk it out. We would have a yeah. little treat after, and we would like watch something fun. <laughs> Something to get, you know, get you relaxed and yeah, distressed. I can say that like experts will tell you, you should not use distraction as a coping mechanism. So do not do that. However, if you want to, I don't know, sometimes it's good to like get your mind off something so that you can come back to it later to see how you really feel, you know? Yeah. So, so like maybe can, I would do that you when know? you're going to talk to somebody about it. Maybe yeah. you have to process enough to be able to talk about it. So you take a step yeah. back and you watch an episode of something or you um, <laughs> take your shower and then you can talk to your yeah. friend and say like, OK, I'm ready to talk about it. Here we go. But yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that when you're not ready to talk to a friend, that's when you can turn to a journal. 
and just spill it you know i feel like did you come out with your own line of journals or something you're like a journaling advertisement um <laughs> that's brilliant yeah i should yes. do that that would actually be cool um a seminar difference journal no i um yeah. i i uh no i don't have a journal line <laughs> um but I, I just I just can't believe that I put off something that was so incredibly healthy and practically free. Yeah, true. Twenty just get yourself almost twenty five years of my life. Seriously. I mean, yeah. I fought it, dude. I fought it like I fought going to, to counseling. And it's just amazing. Yeah. I can't I can't support it enough. You gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta do it, man. Keep journaling. Even if it's just I running your day back. Yeah. Something that does help me when I feel like stressed or stressed or wound up is like looking at areas like my next trip or something, you know, like so distraction planning for the future. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're right. It is distraction. Yeah. Dang it. Honestly, I just I had a moment earlier and I didn't want to throw you under the bus, but I'm going to. I don't okay, know. Do you have it. to do you have to wonder <laughs> that like you want to take these spontaneous trips because you're having trouble facing something? I mean, that would be getting into my psychology. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know let's like, talk about this after the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe but I like mean, i honestly like i just want to prove to myself that i like i'm not all talk you know you have <laughs> nothing to prove travel. to anybody and especially not yourself but i think there is well, something I, to be said about getting out and doing it because you want to because yeah. it's important you know what to i was you. thinking earlier is like I remember there was like this point this past week where I was like, okay, I have this decision to make. I could either drive 17 hours to visit Mount Rushmore or I could not and I could have this like super chill, boring four-day weekend at home. And like, I don't know why, but that was like a hard decision for me. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm actually going to go drive to Mount Rushmore and I'm going to do it. And like today I was driving through the Badlands and I was like, oh my gosh, what if I decided to stay home and have that boring weekend? Like then I wouldn't have seen all of this. Oh, and that like scared gosh. me. <laughs> it like scared me. I was like, what if I make that decision in the future and I like miss out on all this stuff? Makes me wonder why I'm working an extra long weekend this coming weekend instead of going to Florida. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ugh. No, I think maybe you should go to what, Florida. No, I shouldn't. It's not right because I want to take a trip with you in February. But I I just think it's I know I just made fun of you and calling it a distraction, but I actually think it's absolutely amazing that you just did what you wanted to do and took yourself to freaking South Dakota. Like I just think that's incredible because not everybody has the balls to do it, Thomas. So It's like I don't know. Like I don't, I didn't even know I truly wanted to do it until that moment. Like I, like I love watch like every going to Mount Rushmore. Everything's been awesome all the way up to this point. But like, it wasn't until I had that like epiphany, I guess to where I was like, yeah, this was the right decision. You know, like every, everything was worth it, you know, because I came here and I got to see the Badlands, which was like the highlight of my trip. So like, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it, but Sometimes you don't really know you're you're in the right place until you're actually there and like halfway through the trip. <laughs> so I guess take some risks. Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone, out of your bubble. Yeah. Maybe that's a nice distressor after all. Maybe instead of looking at yeah. it as a distraction, you're looking at it as 
you stepped into i don't know you stepped out of your comfort zone to yeah you know everyone always says getting out of your comfort zone will help you so maybe that's true (laughs) maybe they're right interesting i don't know well We've um, concluded that there isn't really any specific thing that you can do to distress. Um, <laughs> but no, just find out your thing. For yeah, yourself. you gotta find yeah. out yourself. And we still obviously have a lot of learning to do. I'm no de-stressing expert. I know a cup of tea and your thoughts will do a lot hey. of work for you. <laughs> a bit, a bubble bath will help. I promise. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's how I feel about a hot shower. So I totally understand. Yeah. Blast your music. Sing. Just sing. Singing releases so much tension. Just sing. Oh, yes. You know what I what I started doing is um, turning off the lights in the bathroom and like putting a candle out and then like getting a magazine and I have my bath pillow <laughs> and it's pretty bougie. That sounds amazing. Um, you need one of those awesome. trays that goes across the bathtub. Oh, right. <laughs> I swear if you buy that for yourself now, I'm going to be very mad at you. Let me just put that out there. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in to our attempting to be controversial and debate, but also agreeing on a lot of stuff podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, Make sure you find us on Instagram at seven hours difference. The seven is a numeral seven. And um, please, please give us feedback. Okay, we want to know when you think yeah. our podcasts are a hot mess <clears throat> today. Um, and yeah. we also want to know when you like a concept that we've touched on. We want to yeah. we want to give you the things you want to listen to. So give us feedback. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a good day. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.